This is the Big Church Podcast. Well, good morning, church. I'm a little wrecked right now already. <laughs> Amen. How are we doing today? <laughs> Worship, prayer, so good. So, um... Hello, if you don't know me, my name is Taylor. I'm the pastor's assistant here, and we're just so glad that you've joined us this morning because we're talking about a very special topic, um, and that's prayer. Who loves to pray? Raise your hand. All right, who's a little bit afraid to pray? Maybe you're afraid to pray for your friends. Maybe you're afraid to pray out loud. Okay, all y'all are lying. Because when I first... Yeah, I see Tiff in the back. Yep, she's me, me girl. When I first started um, my journey with the Lord, it took a really long time um, for me to feel comfortable to pray and not afraid to just step out in boldness. And, you know, when I was searching for a church four years ago, I um, was looking for a community. And so I was checking out all the churches in Lou and I went to a college age night at a church. Um, and I was like super afraid, but I was like, I, I know I need this. I need to make friends. Um, and so I went and you know, it was great. The worship was awesome. The word was awesome. And I was like, cool. I've made friends. Like, like maybe we can all hang after. Okay, well, the guy who was preaching was like, all right, now we're just gonna go um, and, and separate into groups and pray for one another. And I sprinted out the door. <laughs> I was so afraid and I didn't know how to pray. Um, but over the past few years, the Lord has really worked in my life and in my heart. Um, and if that's you today, whatever season you are in your prayer life, um, there's going to be breakthrough here this morning for you. So we're just going to um, get started. And I have two lovely guests with me. If you guys could just introduce yourself. Can you say your name, what you do at Big Church or in your life um, and why prayer is important in your life? What's going on, everybody? Uh, if you do not know me, my name is Trey. And um, you can catch me serving on the prayer team. You might see me holding a camera. Um, I think that prayer is important in our faith walk because it's an open line of communication that we have access to 24-7. Like, there is no business hours in heaven. There is no cutoff point like, oh, you can't, can't talk to them. It's too late. And I, I think as Christians, we don't utilize it enough. And I think we kind of overlook it sometimes. So I'm super excited about today, super excited to talk about it and hear what everyone has to say. Also, how old are you? 24. He's Kobe. 24. Oh, yeah, let's go. Prayer warrior right here. I'm Pastor Tim, and I'm 122. I That's age right. very well. <laughs> and... Um, it's just a joy to be here because it's obvious that you value the Holy Spirit, you value Jesus. These are, and prayer is just getting to hang out with Jesus, mm -hmm. hang out with the Holy Spirit, and it's life transforming. Yeah. Now, Taylor, you're going to be completely not surprised what I'm getting ready to do. I'm going to pray for all of them. Oh, let's go. Okay, let's so it. just put your hand right on your heart. So I plead the blood of Jesus, and I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. 
Jesus, our hearts are yours, even though we don't always know what that means. Thank you, Jesus, that you're knocking on the door of my heart this morning and that you want a close, personal relationship with me. Thank you, Jesus, for the miracle you're going to do in my life. I've wasted too much time not doing life with you. Teach me how to do life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Who's crying? <laughs> just me, okay. Um, okay, so um, I just want to know if there is a specific story or um, time in your life when prayer became super real, super important? Like, is there something specific that happened to you where you were like, I need to pray? Well, I can't say there's like a specific story. Um, I was blessed to grow up in a household that prayed. Like, it wasn't just go to church on Sunday. Like, I saw my mom pray throughout the week. And I just kind of grew up always having prayer. So what I can say is like whenever a situation does happen or something does come up, like I know that I can always resort to prayer. Like it's never too late, you never miss a moment. Um, so that's, that's just what I would say about that. When I first encountered uh, people that listened in prayer, you know, we should talk to God and we should listen to God. When I first encountered that, I just thought it was really, really, amazing and awesome, but it never occurred that God would want to do something like that in my life because I live with me and I'm not impressed. <laughs> you know, I'm just way too ordinary for God to do anything like that through. That's the way that I felt at a deep emotional level. It never crossed my mind about moving into learning to listen in prayer. So only I know what a miracle of God it is that I get to do what I do now. Only the Lord and I know. Oh, my goodness. And so I just thought I'd share a, a listening prayer story that happened very in the first month, well, actually the first two weeks, that was life-transforming for me. I was visiting at this church and meeting with the pastor and the youth director and this other lady that was there. And so we were just talking and praying, and then, we back, went to the back in the fellowship hall area, and the pastor asked me, would you pray for our youth pastor? Well, you know, like I said, I had barely moved into listening prayer, barely. And so I'm in the middle of praying for him, and all of a sudden I hear in my heart say, every night of your life you think you're going to die, I break the power of that lie in Jesus' name. On the inside, I'm like, I can't say that. I, I really, really can't say that. I, that's either true or it's not. I, I, there's no wiggle room with that. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Say it. Oh, please. I can't. I can't say it. Oh, my goodness. So I said it. When I finished praying, he starts running around the room going, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. He runs up to me, grabs me by the shoulder, shakes me, looks me in the eye and says, every single night of my life, I think I'm gonna die of a heart attack and it's gone. So I got in my truck and this was my prayer for the next 15 minutes. 
no kidding. I just said the same thing over and over again. This is what I said. Uh, Lord, that was impressive. Uh, no, no, seriously. Seriously. Wow. That was incredible. No, seriously. Seriously. Wow. And I, I did that for over 15 minutes. Same thing. I just, could, I just freaked out in the Lord's presence for 15 minutes. I'm like, wow, I am in. I've signed up for this. This is amazing. That is amazing. So can you tell us a little bit more about what listening prayer is? I know that you mentioned it, and a few of you guys do know Pastor Tim because he's been with us here before. But um, for those who need a refresher or who those for those who don't know, can you just explain what listening prayer is? Yeah. It, I don't care what denomination you're from. People say we should talk to God and we should listen to God. So essentially what you're doing is after you've poured out your heart and you did uh, Philippians 4 talks about telling God every detail of our needs and the peace of God will guard our hearts. So we, we, there's this place we go to in our heart where we begin to listen. So the challenge is to learning how to listen because God does speak, but when you typically think of God speaking, you think of a, a, an audible voice. And he does speak like that on occasion. I've never experienced that, but I know people who have. But um, we go there, and so we don't realize that he can speak into your heart. Uh, and so listening prayer is learning how to pray along with Jesus' prayer from the Lord's Prayer, um, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what the Holy Spirit will do is he'll move you into praying for specific things about the will of God for your church, for your life, for someone else that you love. And so you're learning how to agree in prayer with the will of God. So that's the best way I know to describe it. And the will of God is like the most amazing, wonderful adventure you could ever go on. It, a lot of people out in the world think about doing the will of God. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's boring. That's like, I sit around in church? Oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. That's the most boring way to live. And so they think freedom and joy and happiness is found in just doing whatever they want to do. But what happens is we're we are fulfilling our sinful human nature often when we're doing that. And it doesn't, it creates emptiness, it creates disappointment, all kinds of things. But when we move into the will of God, we start moving into the adventure that we were created for. So Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so when we're doing listening prayers, we're just trying to do a better job of following Jesus. That's so good. Also, if you guys don't have your notes out, you definitely need to be taking notes right now because we'll talk a lot about practical things in prayer too. So make sure um, that you are doing that. So for both of you, like practically, what does it look like to listen? Like in your prayer time? I would say create an environment where you can get alone, like have a designated spot. Like for me, it's my car because I'm usually driving somewhere, coming back from somewhere. Um, 
and really just quiet your mind. That's easier said than done, but just taking time to say, hey, I'm not gonna think about anything. I'm not going to ask for anything. I'm not going to want anything. God, just speak to me. And if you create that space and you're intentional about that, he's gonna meet you where you're at. Like, he's not gonna leave you high and dry. He's not gonna be like, I don't feel like talking to you right now. Like, he, he will speak to you. And that, that's just for me. That's awesome. He'll bring it back later. You know, no, 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 that's good. That's great stuff. You'll hear me, if I pray for you, you'll hear me start the, the prayer with this phrase. And I'm going to just tell you a little bit about it. I plead the blood of Jesus, and I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. It was the cross that opened the door for fellowship with God through his beloved son, Jesus. So when I go to listen, I don't want to listen to anything that's kind of hanging out there that's not Jesus and God and Holy Spirit. I just don't want to have anything to do with any of it. The enemy is a liar, and he's really good at it. And he'll just try to bombard you with all kinds of silliness and nonsense. Um, destroy your life if he can. So when I, you know, when we have communion, we're having fellowship with God. And so what we're saying is I want to have fellowship with you, God, but I want to come before you through what Jesus did for me on the cross. So it... Um, my sin is covered by the blood of Jesus. And it, Satan hated it, hated the cross. He hated it. He thought he loved it at the beginning. And then it, when, he, then when God raised Jesus from the dead, oh, he hated it. Because that's where he was defeated. I, this is from the 80s, so you may not know it. There's a guy used by the name of Carmen. And he had a video called The Champion. Just go back on YouTube. you like old school. I mean, really old school. And watch it and it's this song and it's like it is the countdown the enemy thinks he's taken jesus out and he gets down to three two one no he's alive it's just amazing you want to run around the house with your hands up in the air but when i plead the blood of jesus i'm coming and i'm declaring victory over the kingdom of darkness i'm saying thank you jesus that you forgave my sins and that I can come before our holy God, not in my holiness, but in his. And I have fellowship and intimacy with you. And, I, you know, so that's what I, very first thing when I go to pray and listen, that's the first thing that I do. That's awesome. So, Trey, you are a young guy. Um, I feel like as a young person, it can be kind of intimidating to pray for maybe those more seasoned than us. Like if you were to pay, pray for Pastor Tim, um, like maybe have you ever felt intimidated by that or like how have you maybe overcome that in your life? Or if you haven't, tell us why you're not intimidated by that. So I remember when I first started on the prayer team, I would actually freak out when people came up to ask for prayer because <laughs> like, can I be real with y'all? I would just freak out. Because kind of like you were saying, like someone 10, 20 plus years further in life, like they're coming to me with a real life situation, a real life thing that they're dealing with. And like, I haven't been there yet. I haven't gone through what you're going through. How can I speak into your life? How can I pour into you? And it took a lot of learning and growing that it's, it's not about what I have to say, 
or what I think needs to be prayed, but turning myself into a vessel to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me into someone. And when I pray over someone now, whatever the situation or, or whatever the cause might be, I try to cover three things. I try to remind that person who they are, like who the Bible says that they are. I try to remind them who God is, and I try to remind them what God is able of doing. Because I think a lot of the times, we allow life to kind of corner us, and we feel isolated. And you could be in a room right now with all these people, and you're isolated. And really, all it does, it takes someone just to remind you, like, hey, the Bible says that you're the head, not the tail. The Bible says that you're above and not beneath. The Bible says that God will never leave you, never forsake you. It just takes that moment of reminding, and then that person just feels a little bit better. Because it's easy when you're not listening. Like you said, you can listen to any voice that's out there. And the enemy is going to try to tell you lies. The enemy is going to try to back you into a corner so you stay right where you're at. And it just takes someone, not me, but just anyone, to remind you of what the Word says. So, I mean, that's how I've overcome that intimidation. Uh, we can um, come up with all kinds of reasons why God can't use us. My, the person that I learned the ministry of the Holy Spirit with, I was in my 40s, was a girl who was a junior in high school. I saw what God was doing in her life, and he was doing stuff in her life he was not doing in mine. And so she was my teacher. And I felt safer going to someone like her than I would have anybody else. I don't know why I felt that way, but she just did something about her. And, and I would ask her just childlike questions, and sometimes she'd just bust out laughing at my questions. And then, no, that's not like that at all, you know, and, then, and just, but don't discount what God can do in and through your life. It, it, when you start getting older like I am, you can start to discount yourself. Well, they don't want to hear what I have to say. I'm old. It doesn't matter what age we are. We, the enemy will try to convince you that God can't use you. Now, that same high school girl that I'm talking about, she just made a comment to me one day. It's like, I just really don't think God's going to use me to do anything of real significance. Because I, I was trying to tell her, you have no idea how God's going to use you. And she kept, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so what I, I just asked her a question. I said, so what does Satan tell somebody right before they give their life to Christ? She goes, oh, you don't want that. That's stupid. Okay, after you get saved uh, and you start seeing miracles, what's the next thing God wants to say to you? Oh, that's fake. None of that is real. That's all made up. God doesn't do stuff like that. Okay, and then if, if you start to believe that, that God still does miracles, he speaks to people, he does all these kinds of things, what's the next thing he tells them? That God can't use you. And while she was saying that, I turned around and walked away. It was awesome. <laughs> Mic drop, you know, just blew her up with her own words. It was like, God can't use you. And about five minutes later, she walked over to me, and she hit her head hanging down low. Said, I just got a whipping out of my own mouth. I love that. I think that both of those um, responses speak to so many of us because, like, as a young person, it can be weird or awkward or intimidating to pray or work with, you know, more seasoned older people. And then for older people, I've heard from many of you that we can be intimidating to you. 
Um, and I just think as the body of Christ, like it's so important that we link hands and we help each other run the race that we're all called for. So what do you guys think are common misconceptions about prayer that people hold on to or that you have held on to? And how did you overcome them? I would say, I mean, there's, there's a few that come to mind, but just one that I'll, I'll talk about is that you have to have a reason to pray. I think a lot of the times we wait for Johnny to get sick and then we pray for Johnny. But you have the ability, the opportunity, the authority to just pray for Johnny and he's fine. You know, lift him up to God, thank him for him, pray that he would excel in his workplace, like pray for his family, just stand in the gap. And I, I just think a lot of the times we wait for a cause. But no, you, you have the ability, the authority just to pray. Um, that's what I would say. That's really good. The conception that I had was, I'm just not good at it. And so I can't do it. And it, my experience of prayer was that rote blessing thing you do at a table, and it didn't mean anything. And I picked up a little book, and I was a pastor at this point. So I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I never preached on prayer. I'm like, why am I going to talk about something I don't know anything about? That's the way I felt. And I picked up this book called Prayer, the Mightiest Force in the World by Frank Lawback. And I, I like, prayer should be that way. It's not in my life, but it should be that way. And as I read that book, I don't remember anything from the book. The only thing that, but what happened to me is all of a sudden I started getting spiritually hungry. And that's all that we're trying to do is to get you spiritually hungry. Because once you get hungry, you're gonna go into it. Yeah. Amen. So for those who um, are thinking the same thing as maybe you all did when you first started, for, for me too, I thought this, like, is there a right way to pray? You hear like all of these people, church leaders or whatever, praying super bold and like, wonderful prayers. I don't know what other word to describe it as, but just really great prayers. And you're, I used to be sitting in my chair like, I can't pray like that. So like, is there a right way to pray? Like, I feel like that's a lie, you know, that some people believe. Yeah, I mean, kind of going along with the misconception thing that your prayer has to sound a certain way. You have to have the thou's and the thy's and your shout nots in the right order or else God's not gonna understand what you're saying. Um, you know, your prayer can be like this, God, I'm angry. Like, I'm really upset. God, I'm really confused. God, I'm in a season where I don't see the plan that you have for me because all he wants to do is talk with you. He just wants to have fellowship with you. And just because it doesn't look like you're praying for a person, a place, or a situation doesn't mean that like you can't just talk to God. And also like starting with praying, like how do you start a prayer life? I would say just, Start somewhere, start wherever you can. Pick a, pick a time throughout the day that you can keep, like everyone's schedules are different. If it's in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, like right before bed, pick a time that you can keep and stay consistent with that. Because like you were saying, there were some people that just have like these elaborate prayers. But if you can pick a time and stay consistent in that and keep the consistency, you're going to see the growth. And I would also like, we're like, you have to pray for 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day. Or if you can't pray for that, just start at two minutes. 
I wouldn't even worry about the time period that you pray for because imagine you walk up to your, or your spouse walks up to you, or if you're single, like your best friend, someone that you want to spend time with, they walk up to you and they say, hey, I'm only going to give you two minutes of my day, and that's all you get. But sometimes we do that to God, like I'm guilty of that. I tried to do that. So I wouldn't even focus on the time period. Get your time, whatever works for you, and just pray. And if it's only 30 seconds, it's only 30 seconds. Because the more you stay consistent with it, you're gonna grow from that. And it's gonna turn into five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, whatever time period it is for you. That's what I would say. Um, so the Bible says that you know we should pray without ceasing. And like there's no right amount of time to pray, but if it says to pray without ceasing, what does that mean? What does that look like for you guys? Like, what, what does the Bible mean when it says we should pray without ceasing? Because that means we never stop. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of uh, outdoor devotionals, and I just recently did one. I was visiting some friends up in the, the Seattle area, and we were in Oregon along the coast. I was walking along the ocean, and I was talking about walking in the Spirit. And when you're walking next to the ocean, you're constantly aware that it's there. I mean, the breeze, the waves, all of that. And so if you're walking alongside the ocean, you're physically reminded. And to me, praying without ceasing is just, is walking through life with Jesus. Yeah. Just, and just being aware of his presence in your life and as you're walking through life that you're very aware of, his, of him being right there, just like the, the ocean, walking alongside the ocean. I would just add kind of, I mean, agreeing with you for sure that you're just walking with Jesus. Like, I don't think that we're supposed to pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. But I think that it's more so living a lifestyle of prayer. Like if you imagine that Jesus is with you all the time, and you, you wake up in the morning, you know, you pray, God, thank you for today, whatever that looks like for you. You get on the road, you go to work, someone tells you you're number one, they flip you off. You're like, God, I thank you for that person. God, I bless that person. God, I pray that you would be with that person. You know what I mean? Just like whatever instance happens to you throughout your day, whether it be good, whether it be bad, that you're just talking to Jesus about it. Like he's a real person in your life with you at all times. That's what I believe that praying without ceasing looks like. I love that when I um, first began following Jesus, I would just be walking uh, on campus because I went to UofL uh, at the time. And I was like, Lord, I just like want to be reminded to talk to you like all the time, like that I'm just walking and I think of you and then I pray a little or just constantly having communion with you. That's something I prayed for for a really long time because I felt like there were so many distractions in my life that would take my eyes and my heart and my conversation away from him. Um, and when I began to just like remind myself, okay, this is really what I want. I want to have communion with the Lord um, all the time. It, it began to happen. And now I just like walk around and I feel like I'm always talking to Jesus. And so maybe you guys, maybe that's something that you all need to pray for if you don't feel like you have that close communion with God. And it doesn't take, but hey, Lord, like, I'm just acknowledging you right now. You're so good in my life. Thank you that you got me to work on time. Something like that. I just, 
I loved that the Lord did that in my life um, in that time and that it's carried over in my prayer life now. So for those who are more seasoned in prayer and those who want to go deeper in their, in their prayer life, what would you say to them? How can they go deeper? Is there a way to go deeper? Um, what do you guys have to say about that? I would simply say just to ask God, like, God, how can I go deeper? And he's going to show that to you. Um, but something that you can, can focus on is, I think you said the word earlier, intimacy. Like when you are intentional about the time that you get to spend with Jesus and you're like, I can't miss this moment. Like make it like an actual event for you for your day. Like, you know, you might get your area set up. You might clean your room or, or whatever it is. Like be intentional about it and make it personal. Because when you pour out your heart to God and then he pours back into you, like that's very personal, that's very intimate. And I think that focusing on that and keeping that is super important because if you look at like every miracle that Jesus did, every time he spoke to a big crowd, it came from a place of having intimacy with the Father before he went out. So I think it's super important to focus on that. In seminary, I was a youth director for the, while I was in seminary, and this youth pulled me aside and he asked me the question, he did it with utmost sincerity. He said, how do you know God? And I would say I've spent most of my entire ministry trying to learn how to answer that question. It's, that was really, how do you know God? Jesus prayed in John 17. Um, he said, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. When we get this longing in our heart to know, really know God, you can't help but pray. Yeah. That's so good. Um, <laughs> um, so I have been in seasons of my life where I've asked the Lord for something um, specific and he didn't answer it. Maybe it was a no, maybe it was a not yet, but I, got disappointed or angry with the Lord, how, like, what do you do when God, does, how do you respond when God doesn't answer a prayer? I would say just keep praying because like an illustration that I could give you, let's say you pray to God for a million dollars, he gives it to you. You know, act like you're walking up to a wall and the first time that you pray for something, it immediately happens, you just push it over and keep doing that for whatever it is that you're praying for. You walk up to a wall and you immediately push it over. Eventually, you're gonna lose the sight that you need God to answer that prayer. And you're just gonna focus on your own will, your own power. But when you, when you, pray, for God, when you pray to God for something, sorry, if I could talk, I swear I would. Um, and he doesn't answer you immediately, like that's where your faith gets activated because you have to keep seeking for that. And yes, it might take a day, it might take a week, it might take a month or a year, but your desire for that shouldn't change because it's growing you, it's making you stronger, it's making you go deeper. Um, I mean, that's what I would say. The Lord's always working on our character. And sometimes the worst thing you can do to somebody or is to give them what they want. Um, 
there was a chaplain at Indiana Wesleyan. I was a, on, uh, I was a chaplain for Indiana Wesleyan University here at the Louisville Center for a number of years. It's a part-time kind of deal. And so we would get a, a yearly gathering where all the chaplains would get together. And one of the chaplains told the stories that he was on his roof and he lost his balance and he fell on his back from, you know, pretty high up in the air, broke his back and his hip. I mean, he was messed up. And he kept calling out to his wife and his wife didn't hear. And he managed to crawl to the door and bang on the door. She took him to the hospital where he was in the hospital for like six months, something absurd, on a lot of medication. His wife said he was constantly trying to preach when he was under heavy narcotics. <laughs> she said it wasn't very good, but he was trying. <laughs> and so, uh, but he said that every morning he would just wake up and thank God for everything he could possibly think of. And he said the whole quality of his life changed. That's so good. So if people, if all of us, I was going to say them, but me too. Um, if all of us decided to make the decision to go deeper in our prayer lives, to take a step forward, maybe we haven't been praying, maybe it's been hard, maybe it's intimidating, or maybe we just really want that depth with the Lord. Um, how do you think that that would impact each person if they took that step? I think it would impact you greatly because it's, it's not just going deeper in prayer. Like what we're talking about is going deeper in Jesus, going deeper in the relationship that you have. Because honestly, I feel like our whole goal here is to go deeper in God and allow God to unravel us and develop the relationship that we have because that's the one thing that's gonna carry over into heaven. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it would impact your life big. Challenge, get to a quiet spot. Nobody else is around, nobody can see you, so you're not doing this to impress anybody. Get down on your knees. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. After you get down on your knees, say, Jesus, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'm yours. Just talk to me. Tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.